0: So, yeah, thanks, Kath and Caroline, for leading us in worship. And we've been hearing a lot about God's glory today and the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I just want us to just to open in prayer, um, actually, and just, um, just close our eyes and just say a few words. Yes, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that yeah, Lord, you, <laughs> you're just ready and willing to love us through anything that we're going through in our lives, Lord, through any mess that we've created or that is sent our way, Lord. Father, we pray that you would help us become more aware of your Holy Spirit today, Lord, as we, as we hear your word, as we're challenged, as we're, yeah, Lord, as we're just encouraged to grow. So, Father, we just submit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, today, we're going to be looking at Isaiah 64. Now, we've got, not got a slide, unfortunately, but I'll, if you want to turn to your apps or your Bibles and to Isaiah 64. In Isaiah 64, um, Isaiah's prayer for intercession for God to reveal himself to the world and the realization of our sin compared to the presence of God. But in that presence of God, Isaiah found also the grace of God and the mercy of God. Isaiah prayed for mercy for his people. It is a prayer of repentance, acceptance, and submission to God in remembrance for all that he has done for us, and acceptance that we need to go his way. Not our own. It's a prayer for help. So if we could just point our eyes to verse 8 in Isaiah 64. But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. See, when we become saved by Jesus Christ, we repent, we accept the Holy Spirit. But it's not without cost, because when we are submitting our life to him, we shed an old self, we become new, we become born again. Last week, or the last time we heard Fuzi um, speak about God's will for our lives and the giftings he gives, and also where our, our identity is. See, our identity isn't in things, it's not in ourselves, it's not in our past. It's in Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross for us. When we give our lives to Christ and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that identity, as I've said, is in Christ, not ourselves. But sometimes we place our identity in material, in what we can achieve, in what we can earn, in what we can buy. But that doesn't identify us, because those things are short-lived. Those things aren't who define us. Christ Jesus is who defines us. So, I just want to, I see we've got no slides or anything, cause, um, technical issues with the home, at our home, but I want us to be creative in our minds. So, in that verse, verse 8, um, what um, has what been spoken about there is a reference to, in our world, if you like, a potter. So, I just want you to just think about a rough lump of clay being slammed onto a turntable ready for the potter to mould. Because when we're born again, that is who we are. That is what we are. We're rough, we're ready, we're new. We're a new creation, but we still have work to do with God. But it can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit in us at that point. So I'm reminded of that, of how rough shape I was when I was slammed onto that table 12 years ago. And God began to mould me and shape me. My attitude in my early days of faith wasn't particularly good. I was rebellious. I was critical of people, critical of church leadership. We can do this better. I can do this better. I was critical of myself. I had a lot of self-loathe. I, I had no love for myself. As a, as a pre-Christian, I was an angry man, antisocial. Even in my early days of faith, I had the ability to shut a conversation down in seconds if I didn't like the person or didn't like what they were saying. But that's not who I was called to be. That's not who I am called to be. You know, I, although I was new, I was born again, I was made new, I was still living a life in accordance to my past because I was a work in progress. I am, we are all a work in progress right now, no matter what stage in our journey we're at. Caroline's, I think back to Caroline's embarrassment as we would enter the church and I would find my own little corner to sit in, to hide in. So I wouldn't deal with people, I wouldn't speak to people, I wouldn't socialize with people. And when somebody did approach me, my ability, as I said, just to close a conversation down. And yeah, my my wife, who's quite opposite to me, very sociable, very outgoing, an extrovert, um, would kind of like hide in embarrassment. And looking back to those days, it's quite sad. Because of what I was not realizing that my behavior was having quite an impact on the person I'm married to, the person that I love and care for. And who cares for me? She must do because she's still with me, right? <laughs> so although I'm meeting you, I'm still a work in progress. We're all still a work in progress. Just like the potter, God sees that finished article long before he's even put that lump of clay on the turntable see god sees the perfection but that perfection isn't complete until the day of christ but does that mean that we shouldn't work with god and accept change in the process in the in in, in, in the here and now you see god and his transformation in us is painful it hurts when that potter moulds that clay he can mould with a firm hand to get the shape that he wants, he desires or she desires or there's times when he or she will mould with a soft hand with a gentle, with gentleness and I'd like to say that God had allowed us him to, well, God had been gentle with us um, in the process of our transformation but you see I come down to earth with a big bang. It's often when God helps me realise something in my life that's not in accordance to what he wants for me, for us. He'll allow something drastic to happen. So I've been a Christian 12 years. I've still gone my own way. I've still done my own things. Notice I'm saying I, not Caroline. Although we're a team, I've not always been encouraging to Caroline. As the biblical leader of the household, I've not always shared that leadership. I've not always conducted my relationship, my marriage, in reverence to Christ Jesus. But it's painful. When we become born again, we're called to shed the old. We're called to be transformed by the power. We've heard a lot about power this morning. By the power of the Holy Spirit. It is nothing we can do other than submit it's everything that Christ has already done and the Holy Spirit is going to do as we progress as we walk this journey out so the first thing that God really got to work on me was um, my life as part of the occult so I was heavily involved with um, clairvoyancy with, with mediumship with, I was actually participating in that I was doing, doing things for people uh, which I thought was good and not two minutes after I was saved in the workplace um, with a Christian that came onto our premises um, with, with issues with a product that he bought from us, um, I'd received a text. Lee, can you do me a reading?
1: But in that moment,
0: I realized, even as a, as a minutes old Christian, I knew and I realized the temptation that the enemy was placing before me. See, straight away, he wanted me back. He didn't like that I'd been transformed. He didn't like that I'd been born again. And in that moment, um, I had what do I do? How do I respond to this? So how I responded was the only way I knew how in that moment, in that new HD color that I was seeing, that new experience that, this is great. My life's turned to rubbish behind the scenes, but all of a sudden, I've got a promise of something new. So I sent the lady a text and I said, I'm sorry, I can't do your reading anymore because I've just become Christian 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and in that moment, I was, I was like, wow. I know I'd repented and actually to this day, I've succeeded with the Holy Spirit and with God's grace and his mercy in fulfilling that repentance out because I've never gone back. There's been temptation every day, every week. Losing my mum before Christmas was a huge temptation because in the days of old, I would have used what I used to do to contact her. But my mum was saved in the last last days of her life, and God used me as a vessel to do that, which I'm truly grateful for. It's a constant battle daily. It's a constant battle of temptation. It's a constant battle of right and wrong, living in God's word or living in my way. The second thing God started to work on me was my tongue. And he's still working work in progress with that. You see, I've, been, I've not been a welcoming person of previous years. I wasn't always a person that would welcome people with open arms into my life. It's a problem here. You have to use these. Just turn that off from yeah. Thank you. Is that better? Yes, that's better. So it's a constant daily battle to stay on the cross. We all know that battle. If you are saved today in this room, you know that battle because you experience it and you live it out daily. So in the Bible, aside from Jesus of course, one of my favourite characters in the Bible is Paul. I love Paul. He's my kind of character, he's my kind of guy. He says it how it is. Thankfully, I've lens to say how it is with more love. You see when I became Christian I just wanted to see people changed. I just wanted to, people to come to know Jesus Christ. And I was quite willing to say I'll do anything to achieve that without realizing I was pushing him away. I was giving him a reason not to be saved, not to be born again. Being less critical is another area that God's working on. Thankfully this past year God has done some amazing things in my journey. But again, I've had to be challenged. There's been times when I've been called into church leadership meetings with elders because I've been disagreeing with things they've said, things they've done. Often I've had bullets to fire for people who've had problems. I'll go in there, I'll sort it out. Hey, because that's who I am, that's my character. Well, that was my character, but it's not who God was calling me to be, and he's calling me to be now pride was another issue with me i was unwilling to be told or be guided or be led you know there's nothing worse as a child let alone and i've been chastised I've been told that your behaviour is poor and i've been told that on a number of occasions so it is by god's grace and a pure miracle that i'm studying today evidence that god isn't working at all if we submit to him. So Paul, he was a persecutor of Christians. He was a huge attention seeker. He wanted to be in the limelight, in the high positions. It was all about him. Until he was saved. Sorry, it's so the backstory. So like we know Paul was called Saul before his road to Damascus and um, events. But once Paul submitted to God and came to know Jesus Christ, God began to mold him through the Holy Spirit, and he became one of the Bible's greatest evangelists. And he still remains to be a person who said it how it was, but he said it in a way which was with love. He said some harsh things, but he didn't say them, I believe, harshly. He said them with love, with care, with the interest of the church or the person he was speaking to at heart. Paul knew all too well the Christian struggles. He knew the good, the bad, and the ugly. One of my favourite films, actually. And he knew all too well human nature and how cross we can be. How hard we can be. Paul wrote to the Philippians church, Philippians 1 verse 6, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. Or Jesus Christ, depending on which version you have. So we're all working in progress. But thankfully this journey is not done on our own. We have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is one of my biggest challenges. Because he convicts me in my heart of everything that I do wrong, everything that I say wrong, everything that I think wrong. He convicts me every time I tell my wife off when she doesn't drive the car that well, or when she does something that I disagree with. But thankfully, God also gave my wife grace. So we're all a work in progress, and I'm going to keep emphasizing that, because that's what we need to hold on to. We're not going to be perfect until the day of Christ. But there are some questions we need to ask. And these are challenging questions. Even as I was reading these at three o'clock this morning, as I I was anticipating today, and and, and is there something I've missed? Lord, if there's something you want me to rewrite then, show me, lead me, guide me. There's three questions that I kind of headed up. Are we really submitting to him? We're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you believe in today, but are we submitting to the Holy Spirit and his power? Are we aware of his presence in and around us? And it is important because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have the ability through him to become changed. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit on the 31st of March 2011, I didn't truly accept the Holy Spirit moving in me. I put him into a nice little box, compartmentalized him, and said, I'll give you so much, but you're not gonna, I'm not going to give you free will. Because actually, I quite like my life. I like to be in control. I'm a controlling person was a controlling person. I was a control freak, my wife says. And are we allowing him to move in our lives? It's a walk of daily prayer and repentance. Without prayer, none of this is possible. We can't walk this journey without prayer. We can't walk this journey in the home on our own. This is how we walk our journey in community with one another god's plan for us as believers is not for us to be living life in our world ways his plan for us to be living life with him at the center with jesus at the center you know i was once told that if i was to share my testimony today we'd have to spread it over three or four weeks seriously um, but I've weeped many times as a non-believer and as a believer. I've got up in the early hours of the morning and cried at where I am in my journey, where I am in my life. One thing I learned really quickly was that God weeps with me. He cries with me. He weeps when I mess up, when we mess up. He weeps when we go our own way. Because that's not the plan he has for us. However, there's a good point. It's not not all doom and gloom. God loves us. He cares for us. And God wants the very best for us. This might sound like an health and safety notice. It's not. But I've had my own fair share of slips and trips over these past 12 years. But it's not where my identity is. My identity, and I'm gonna keep saying it, is in Christ Jesus, through the blood that he shed on the cross for me and for you, and for every person out there who is yet to become a believer. God opens doors in our lives, and just one of the things that i was just dropping in here was when we was on holiday this year, and we entered the Hotel lift. we got this voice, door opening. And then when you go into the lift, door closing. And I was reminded of how God opens doors for us. But it's a choice of how and whether we walk through them. He's not going to push us through them. He wants us to make that decision for ourselves based on what we know about his truth and his love for us. In our lives, God has closed many a door that we believe God opened for us. You see, when I'm walking in the Spirit, with the Spirit, I make good decisions. When I'm walking out of the Spirit, in my own way, I make bad decisions. We've had many examples myself in Carolina where we've took huge losses in our lives, both financially, physically, mentally, where we made decisions based on what I believed I was hearing from God. And I would love to say that I hear from God every day. I hear lots of things, but it's up to wisdom and discernment to decide whether they're from God or not. And the key point is prayer. You know, if we don't have a good prayer life, If we don't have a healthy prayer life then the foundation of our journey is kind of baseless. We have Jesus as our cornerstone but without prayer our our Christian walk is without foundation. Because who should we go to rhetorically? Who should we go to when when we're in need? Jesus Christ. We go to God through Jesus Christ. But then we get to a stage over where we treat him as a soda dispenser machine. We just go to him, put 50p in, well, it might be two pound now, I don't know. Two pound and get a can of coke out, that'll do. Thank you, Lord, I've got that, I've received that, thank you. But actually, what about giving him the good? What about going to him in thanks when he blesses us, when he when he does something amazing for us? Like my mum being saved, who never wanted Christian faith. And we'll see you again. You see, God just wants to bless us. But it's not in return for anything we can do for him. Because it's already been done. It's already been shed on the cross. So if we consider ourselves in this room today followers of Jesus Christ, then we're all evangelists whether you consider yourself an evangelist or not. It might not be a particular area of gifting for you, but we are all evangelists. Because when we go out there into the world, we take Jesus with us. Because when we take ourselves with us, usually we take nothing but truth. It's only the love of Christ that we take with us that will point somebody else towards something that we have that they perhaps want. So the questions to consider for all this is do our lives demonstrate the character of Jesus Christ? So I want you to think about these questions as I just read them out just for a moment. What do our conversations with others look like? Not just in but out of the church also? What does our social media interaction look like? I can tell you a few stories about mine. But we'll be here a long time. But when I had a beam my on it, I would never let go. Somebody to something I disagreed with, I wouldn't let go. But thankfully, God worked on my life. He worked on my character. He worked on my responses. And that's the key, is the responses. How do we respond? Being saved can seem like the job is done, doesn't it? That's it, I've got my ticket. I know where I'm going, I'm game over. I'm off to pub. they still got a pub as a Christian, right? by the way. But it's not game over. Because it's just the beginning. And it's nothing that we have to work at either. It's nothing at all that we have to work at. All we have to do is submit to Jesus Christ through the power of His Holy Spirit and our lives will begin to be changed person or one of the pair, one of the couples that led myself and Caroline to Christ 12 years ago Um, I met met a chap in the workplace, I won't mention his name um, but um, we called him Bible and then his name he wore a white, white coat and he was always happy, always smiling, always whistling and I was like, how can this guy just be so happy all the time? This place is awful. I hate working here. But he was just so happy everywhere he was. Alright, Gaffer, how are you doing? But there was some one well, there was something he wanted because that guy, in the whole year I became close to him or close to him, he never once shared a gospel verse with me. Instead, he shared it in his character of how he had become, and the transformation that God had done in his life. And that's what was amazing to me, because here is a guy who wants to pray for me, who wants to love me, who wants to care for me, but he doesn't even know who I am, really. So one of the things that we can do each day, rhetorically or physically, if if you're a practical person, is look in the mirror. Hairs first, well, apart from <laughs> 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 Perhaps look in the mirror, because when we look in that mirror, we should see more of Jesus Christ today than we saw yesterday, but nowhere near as much as we should hopefully see tomorrow. Because if we are truly, as we've heard today, the beacon. We are truly glowing Jesus Christ and that's the reflection we should see more of. Slightly distorted from day to day, but slightly more clearer each day as it goes by. You know, Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So the context of that one liner is the benefits of coming together, encouraging, challenging, growing together. These are some of the things that are helping me and that helped me. Because without community, without being challenged, no matter how painful it was and is, growth would be impossible. Christianity isn't an insular thing. It's not a club. It's not somewhere we just turn up, pay our substitute once a month and then go home. It's 24-7. But we have challenges to face through that. And as I said, it's not about works. It's, it's, well, it's, it's faith and works, but it's not about I must do, 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 do. I sound like a, yeah, a, a, a song, doesn't it? Um, but community is an important place to be as a Christian because that's where we're almost growing. Discipleship, who are we discipleship with? Who is the person that is pointing you towards Jesus Christ in your time of trouble? Who is the person or persons that you are also leading to Christ in their time of trouble? Small groups. Carol and I lead a small group uh, a life group and we used to call growth groups some time ago. And seeing transformation in people's lives is incredible. But some days it just seems like really hard work. Because for me as a person, as a Christian, I want to see people changed. But I can't change them. It's only something that Jesus Christ can do by the power of His Holy Spirit. So grace. Yeah, grace is a it's very multifaceted. It's got many sides. So one of my sayings years ago was when I was a bad lad, as, an, as a young Christian, was, well, they'll just have to have grace for me. Without realizing that actually, God's grace also gives me the insight into what I can do to change my behavior that is causing other people to stumble, that is causing other people pain. You know, and if we love people, if we love one another, and we're in accountability relationships, and we have permission I want to advise going up to somebody in the church who you don't know and just saying, nah, I've just heard you swear over there. Do you think that's right? You know, we must have permission to speak into one another's lives. But without that permission, without that accountability, going back to the iron sharp and okay, we're promoting one another's growth. Without God's grace, I wouldn't be here. Because God saved me, and this isn't a safe, but for such a time as this. Because I get to share mine, about 2% of my story with you. And I get to share the goodness of God, and what he's done for me and my wife and my family. Because that's available to everyone. It's available to your families who've not yet been saved, perhaps. It's available to us all. And the most important thing, none of us get the glory for any of this, as we've been hearing today, in the where she is, it's God that gets the glory you know we're not waiting for God's kingdom to come one day it's already happening God's kingdom is advancing right now in this room and it's for us to be advancing that kingdom in our behaviour in our character in our posture the posture of our hearts you know God loves us in our mess through our mess and he rejoices at the other side of our mess. And as a Christian, we will go through trials and tribulations. We've been through many. Workplace, family, relational, relational in the church even. But you know it's not staying in the course. It's about staying true to God's promise, which is he loves us, he cares for us, he wants the best for us, amongst many, many other things he wants for us. If you're in this room today, and you're not saved, and you're thinking, what's all this about? What's he talking about? What's what's the point? And I want to encourage you at the end, um, just to speak to somebody, because I don't want anybody to think that faith is just for the few. It's for the many. God's intention is that the faith, Love his love is to everyone. He wants everybody to get saved. So it's up to us. I think while Kath comes back up and, and Caroline gets ready, um, I'm going to pray for us. If that's okay. Yeah. Yes, Father God, we Yeah, as we've just heard, Lord, what I believe you put on my heart for our family today, Lord, that you'd be speaking wisdom and truth into people's hearts right now, Lord. Father, if there is anything in our hearts, anything that is not of you, that is not of your will, Lord, taking place. That we don't really know of. And Father, we ask right now in Jesus' name, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you identify it, that you help us face it head on, Lord, and that you encourage us to deal with it. That you encourage us, Lord, to seek the help we need. Lord, we're looking for transformation. I want your Holy Spirit to move right now in this room, Lord, to break through. Break through into circumstance, to break through into addiction, to break through into family troubles, into employment situations. Lord, we need the power of your Holy Spirit right now, in Jesus' name to break through. Lord, let your will be done right now in Jesus' name. Yes, Father, as the path just begins to play, Lord. We we just submit this time to you, Lord, and we pray as we leave this room today, Lord, that. We will continue to seek you diligently, but it won't be just a moment for two hours, Lord, where we've met. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for all that you are going to do. Encourage us and lead us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we ask,